Well, man, yeah, we can clap for that. Uh, I get emotional watching that video. I've watched it a couple times now to like try to prepare myself. But man, it's just so overwhelming for me to think about all the different ways that God has, has really shown off in some pretty dramatic ways here over the first couple years of this church. Um, I kind of have this sneaking suspicion that, that today is going to go down as one of my favorite, as one of the most memorable Sundays literally in, in the history of this church. And the best part is, is like the, all the good stuff, like the really good stuff is like still yet to come. Like we have an awesome celebration here today. We're packing a lot here in about these 70 minutes. Uh, we also should have probably just kind of mentioned this right at the beginning of service, but, but if you are new around here and, and you're perhaps thinking to yourself, like, is this what they do every single week? Uh, the answer would be not quite. Today definitely has, admittedly, a, a little bit of a different feel. We're certainly not apologizing for that. We think it's a really, really great Sunday for you to come walking through our doors. Uh, but it's for that reason, in fact, we say this a lot, we would really challenge you to come back at least a couple of times. Come back three or four times. We think it's going to take you at least a couple of times for you to really get an accurate feel of what we're all about here. And we think if you'll do that, you'll kind of get hooked. That this will be a place that you actually look forward to showing up to each and every Sunday. You look forward to making this a part of your weekly rhythm. But again, if it is your first time walking through our doors today, we are so glad you decided to show up. We, we put a lot, a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of intentionality into making sure that this is an environment that anybody feels comfortable stepping into. And so again, we don't take it for granted you're sitting here. Thank you for making Grumlaw a part of your week. Uh, as you have likely caught on, today we are celebrating our second birthday as a church. I know I'm going to sound like an old man by what I'm about to say right now, but it's crazy two years has already gone by. Like, I can't believe how fast the time has gone by, and what better way to celebrate what God has been up to at this church than for just a whole mess of people going public with their faith. Like, seriously, are you kidding me? 18 people today are being baptized going public with their faith. It's nuts. We're also going to be here at the end of this message, be sharing an update with all of you as to what's going on with Jason and Laura Lowen, uh, our church planning apprentice that is here. Uh, we have some pretty exciting news. They're about T-minus a year until they're going to start a church right here in Genesee County. There's a lot to celebrate. I definitely don't have as much time to speak this morning that I normally would with everything else we have going on. Why did some of you just fist pump for that? Okay, that's all right. But I better hop to it. Because it's our birthday, I, I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity, actually, and share with all of you some of the wins, some of the highlights that like, I've kind of seen statistically from the first two years of our existence. Uh, first thing I wrote down, $255,843.57 has been given away since we started this church. We have crossed that quarter of a million dollar threshold, which is really exciting. As they were discussing when they first jumped up here, a lot of that's gone to a border station right in Nepal to, to take the fight against human trafficking. That, that's money that's gone into local schools. That's gone money that's gone into starting more churches. That's gone to local benevolence where we help people out with rent and utility and grocery assistance. And again, I would be remiss if I did not just say thank you to all of you that are so extraordinarily generous to this church that that can even be a reality. Uh, 183 people are in a connect group. We, we talk about this a lot around here. Connect groups are the most important thing that we do around here, and it's pretty exciting that more of the adults that sit in this room on a Sunday morning are in a connect group than those who are not. I'm telling you, if you're not in a connect group, you are missing out. We had our first ever community movie night um, this last year, and uh, over approximately like 1,000 people from the community showed up to that. Now, 
Admittedly, this was a pretty expensive way to entertain about a thousand people, uh, and we didn't really just do it to entertain people, but what's really, really exciting is that there are a bunch of people that are literally sitting here today that have made Grumlaw a part of their weekly rhythm because their fo- first exposure to the church was at that community movie night, so it's definitely working. That's something, in case you're curious, we'll be doing every year. We have right now over 200 people that are praying every single day for their one. This was an initiative that we launched this past November that will forever be be a part of our culture, forever be a part of our values, this idea of who's your one, that every single person that is sitting here today that would identify themselves as a Jesus follower would have that one person that they are praying for every single day until that person comes to know what it means to have an actual relationship with Jesus, praying for opportunities to share their faith with them, praying for opportunities to invite them here to Grumlaw. 64 people after today will have been baptized over the first two years. Again, we can clap for that again. And then the last thing I wrote down is 164 people are currently serving on a team. And it's that last number that I really kind of want to hone in on this morning. I want to draw our attention to. I don't want to just breeze past that figure, just kind of applaud and move on. There are certain things as the leader of this church that I probably have not done a good enough job showing appreciation for. And this is definitely one of those areas. I don't tell all of you that that pour so much energy and time into this place nearly enough, but thank you. Thank you for locking arms with the leadership of this church and allowing all of this to happen. For for saying, okay, it's probably not a good idea if we let that Shea guy do like all of this himself, so we better help him out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You 164 people that week in and week out faithfully serve this community, faithfully serve this church. You you maniacs that get here at 6.30 a.m. on one of your only days off and set this whole place up, and then by 1.30 you tear it all back down. You, you, you kids volunteers that put your personal health in jeopardy every single week so that you can quite literally show the love of Jesus to the kids that come walking through our doors. The, the parking team, that whether it's rain, sleet, snow, or shine, you are out welcoming people with a big old smile on your face, even if the weather's horrible. Our ushers and our tour guides that intentionally seek people out to truly get to know them, not because they have to, but because they so desperately want to reflect the love of Jesus to our guests, the band that puts in the long hours every single week to make sure that the music isn't just this thing that fills 15 minutes of a service, but something that's truly excellent and reflects the very character of Jesus, the security team that keeps people from getting their creep on, the connect group leaders, and the hosts that open up their homes each week and model what it actually means to be in community. I know I'm probably leaving somebody out, but to all of you that so faithfully and lovingly serve this church, again, we say thank you. It's in so many ways because of you that we have so much to celebrate today, that we're able to even do what we do as a church week in and week out. A couple of months ago, my wife and I Uh, We took a trip to Chicago with about 40 other pastors that had recently started churches as well and and their spouses. It was kind of like this little mini conference to kind of like invigorate the troops, honestly, so we could learn from each other, hear what's going well, hear the things that aren't going so well, and hopefully we can, again, just glean from each other and make all all of us better. Um, So because there were so many of us headed to Chicago, uh, we took the train. Now, if you've ever taken the train from Detroit to Chicago, it's not really the most efficient way to travel. Like, sure, you don't have to drive, but it takes longer than if you drove, right? Because you're making so many stops along the way. And so that was obviously no different for us. But because there were such a big group, we had like this one car all to ourselves, like the front half of like this one section. It wasn't like nice or anything like first class, but they're just like, hey, this is your section. 
And, and there were certain people that were traveling with us. At every stop, there would be new people that would get on the train, and, and they would try to sit in our section. And, and so me and my, my buddy, we started jacking around with these people. And again, I know I'm like 11 years old sometimes. But we started asking literally every person that would walk by us, even though we knew the answer. We're like, hey, you part of the group? You part of the group? Hey, hey are you, you, you part of the group? And the people would be like, what are you talking about? What group? We're like, oh, we're part of the group. It's a big special group. You wouldn't really understand the group, but we're part of the group. Are you part of the group? And we're just talking circles, basically talking gibberish to them. Now, most people, they breeze right past us, and they're like, what is going on with those guys? But I'm telling you, about every fifth person was like, tell me more about this group. <laughs> they're like, they're worried that they were like missing out on something. They're like, well, what, what, what group? I'm like, oh, it's a special group. Maybe I'll tell you when you're a little older, but right now, I mean, you're... Special group. I, we were just wondering if you were part of the group. And like kind of reluctantly, they would go back to their seats. Now, the reason that I tell you that is if you're listening today and, and you're hearing about some of the great things that have happened through God working through this church, and, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, like, man, I got a little FOMO going on. Like, like I show up here and, and I sit in these seats and, and then I leave when kind of like they tell me it's time to leave. But I don't really feel like I'm like a part of the group. I, I just kind of show up right before the service starts. I sit in the service and then I get the heck out of here. If, if this whole Sunday morning experience shows a striking similarity going to the movies or going to a sporting event or going to a show, I have some really, really good news for you this morning. You ready? You are officially invited to be a part of the group. You're officially invited to be a part of what God is doing here. Because make no mistake about it, what we are celebrating here today has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with any staff member or any other person for that matter. Whether you believe it or not, God is working here. And every single one of us, all of us have a chance to jump on board with what he is doing through his church. We're going to come back to that here in just a minute, but real quick, if you have not been with us of late, we are in a series right now titled, What's Next? In fact, today we're entering into part seven of eight, so the end is near. And what we're doing in this series is we're challenging all of you, every single one of you, whether you're new to faith or you've been at this church thing for literally your entire life, to come up with some sort of a plan as it relates to this whole faith journey. And the reason that we're challenging you to do that is because most of us, for whatever reason, we tend to just leave this area of our lives up to chance, which when you think about it, that's not a very good idea because what comes naturally to you is very, very, very rarely what is best for you. And before you're quick to dismiss that statement, think about it. That's not just a faith thing. That's literally an every part of life thing. We see this in our personal finances. We see this in relationships. We see this in our marriages. What comes naturally to us will very, very rarely lead us in the best direction. So it would be wise for you, as it relates to your faith, to give this some thought, to, give, to come up with some sort of a plan. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself just drifting further and further and further away from God. Now, in order to try and make this really, really easy on you, what we're doing in this series is we are dissecting the Grum Law 7, which are weekends, baptism, daily encounter, generosity, groups, serve, and share. We've said this every week. We did not invent this stuff. We just tried to put some easy-to-understand language around it. Our hope is that at the end of this series, you all won't just be a bunch of listeners, a bunch of hearers, where you sit here on Sunday mornings, you go, mm, that's good, amen, but then nothing actually changes. Then instead, you all will be a bunch of doers that you will implement one, two. Eventually, all of these disciplines will just become a part of your life. 
If you've missed any week in this series, which I suspect some of you probably have, I would really encourage you to go to grumlaw.com slash messages, catch yourself up there. It's kind of like you're stepping into a movie about 75% of the way through, or you can find us under Grumlaw Church wherever you happen to grab your podcasts. And as promised today, as we've already touched on, we're going to be discussing serve. That this idea of serving, this idea of regularly giving up your time to something that does not immediately benefit you. Willingly giving your time and your energy to something that does not result in more money in your pocket. That is not going to increase your social status. That is not at least immediately going to win you any sort of reward. Now as we think about this and we think about this idea of serving and selflessly giving of ourselves to other people... Uh, In order to capture this a little bit better, and at least what Jesus had to say on this, we're going to jump to a letter that is titled 1 Peter. Uh, For those of you that aren't super familiar with this book that we call the Bible, it's kind of divided into two sections. We have the Old Testament, sort of the first half, New Testament, kind of the second half. And the majority of the New Testament is basically a composition of different letters written by people that either, either spent time with Jesus in the flesh or were eyewitnesses to the events surrounding Jesus's life. And Peter, we're going to see here in a second, he was one of those guys. In fact, Peter was one of the 12 disciples, one of these guys that spent virtually every waking moment with Jesus during his relatively short amount of time on earth when he was going around and building his brand and spreading what we now refer to as Christianity. By the way, if you're sitting here today and you're skeptical of this whole Christianity thing, this is one of the details that you ought to pay attention to. Jesus literally, that's not an exaggeration, he spent about three years going around, building what we now refer to as Christianity. Only three years. And here we are thousands of years later, and we're still talking about the guy. So Peter, one of these guys that spent all this time with Jesus, he writes this letter. Because as it turns out, when your buddy predicts his own death, and then he predicts his own resurrection, and then he actually pulls that off, you tend to think to yourself, oh crud, I should have been writing more of this stuff down. Suddenly, all that stuff becomes a whole lot more important, and that's exactly what Peter does for us. And he writes this letter in the midst of massive persecution going on in the Christian church in the early first century. So right here, we're going to pick up in 1 Peter chapter 4, talks about service, but specifically, he addresses the subject of love. He says, above all, so right away, we should have our ears perked up. He's saying, most importantly, if you don't pay any attention to anything else I wrote in my letters, this is what you ought to pay attention to. This is like the golden nugget from spending all of that time with Jesus. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, for those of you that grew up going to church, chances are you've probably heard this verse before. It's a pretty popular one. And oftentimes, this verse can get pretty misinterpreted. It's this idea that that if you love other people, then God's just going to kind of look past your sins. He's going to look past your faults. He's going to look past those not-so-great parts of your life. But that's not really what Peter is saying. What he is saying is he's going, if you love people really, really well, it's kind of hard at the same time to also be sinning. If you're placing the needs of other people ahead of your own, which basically, when you think about it, is what love is, good luck sinning at the same time. It's impossible for you to love the you beside you and sin against that person at the same time. Now, some of you, you look a little confused by this, so let me use my marriage as a very, very practical example. See, I cannot take advantage of my wife, Andrea. I cannot be a deadbeat husband while also helping to vacuum the kitchen and fold the kids' laundry, and unload the dishwasher. I cannot serve my wife 
whether it's through acts of kindness, physical touch, words of affirmation, and then also be harboring this, this secret thing where I'm looking at pornography. I cannot love my wife well by showing her kindness and grace, even in the midst of some argument where I am positive that I am right, and then also use harsh words and belittle her. Love covers, love deflects a multitude of other faults of other sins. But then what I love, and no pun intended there, is that Peter gets really, really practical, and he tells us exactly what love looks like. So I think this is kind of exciting. We we were just told that more important than anything else, at least in the eyes of our Heavenly Father, in, in the eyes of our Creator, more important than anything else is to love each other deeply. And Peter doesn't want to leave this to chance. He wants to tell us, okay, hey, this is how this ought to manifest itself in your life. He says this. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And this is really the inspiration for what we're talking about today. Whatever gifts have been given to any of us have been given to us not to benefit ourselves, but instead to benefit the people around you. See, God has not uniquely gifted you. He hasn't given you talents. He hasn't given you abilities to benefit you because that's not love. That is what is in it for me. That's basically the opposite of love. You have been uniquely gifted to serve, to love the you beside you. Now, now here's the best part, I think, when we get this right. He says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Now, quick side note right here. The reason that he says this is because he knows this is not what comes naturally to us. Again, as we've been talking about ad nauseum throughout this series, what comes naturally to you is very, very rarely what is best for you. And this is a prime occasion. Because what comes naturally to us is that we would use our giftings, we would use our talents for the benefit of ourselves. He goes, if you're going to get this right, if you're going to constantly put the people around you ahead of you, you are going to need to rely on God. You're not going to accomplish that on your own. So he says they should do so with the strength God provides. So, this is the good part, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. When we get this right... When we demonstrate this true love, which is putting the people around you, ahead of you, before ourselves, Jesus ends up getting all the credit, not us. Because what we're doing in those instances is we are giving people a glimpse of the love that was demonstrated to every single one of us through Christ on the cross. And remember, Peter was imploring us to live this way in the midst of massive persecution, when nothing was really going well for these people in the first century that called themselves Christians, how much easier should it be for all of us when, let's be honest, at least in the context of Grumlaw, everything's going really, really well. That There's not a lot of negative to point to. Now, before we go on here, real quick, I want to appeal to the people in the room uh, that are sitting here, and you could frankly care less about reflecting the love of Jesus. Because I recognize that not everybody sitting in this room would call themselves a a, a Jesus follower. And so you're hearing this and you're going, yeah, that sounds nice, but guess what? I am totally okay with using everything that I have been given, whether it's from God, whether I came up with it, for it to benefit myself. Even if you have not bought into the idea that Jesus came down to earth and he died for your sins, this type of servant love, 
that this idea of putting other people ahead of yourself is undeniably the best way to live. Even if you do not believe in Jesus, you should still strive to love this way, to serve people in this way, because undeniably, it'll make you a better parent. It'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better wife. It'll make you a better boss. It'll make you a better coworker. It'll make you a better sister, a better brother, a better friend. It's one of these things that will have exclusively positive effects on our lives. So don't be so quick to dismiss it just because it came from the lips of Jesus. It'll make you better. It'll certainly make the people around you, their lives, better. Now, for for the rest of you, to all the people that show up here on a regular basis, that you would call this place your church home, that you're sitting here and you would call yourself a Jesus follower, I want to invite you into this type of love. I want to invite you into playing a role here, to to serve here, to be a part of this church, to serve at this church. Will you make the move from attender to owner? Because see, attenders say, what's in it for me? Attenders walk out the doors and go, you know, I really wasn't feeling that song today. I'm out of here. I don't know if I'm going to come back next week. Owners say, how can I serve? How can I make it better? You begin to make this mental transition from me, 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 what's in it for me, to we, to what's better for the greater whole. I'm I'm telling you, you you are missing out on so much with this church experience. And anybody who serves here would reiterate this. You, You are missing out on so much if you simply attend. You need to make the move to owner. Will you make that move from just weekend observer to totally bought-in owner? Will you begin to not just show up here but serve here? And this is good, too. This, this isn't just for the Christians sitting here. It's for everyone. In fact, one of the things that you'll catch me saying an awful lot around here is that you can belong here long before you believe. You, you can belong here long before you embrace everything that it is that we talk about here on Sunday mornings. I, I want to invite you into playing a role here at this church, to give you the opportunity to play a part in something that God is so clearly behind. This is something that is so much bigger than yourself. And and as mentioned, if you choose to do this, this will have almost no immediate benefit for you. We will not give you money. We will not give you rewards. You will probably get less sleep, but you will be choosing to participate in something that God loves, that God adores so much. Because like it or not, as we've been talking about in this series, God has chosen the local church as the hope of the world. To spread his love, to spread his message to the ends of the earth. And and as you make this transition from attender to owner, As you begin to serve here, as you choose to get behind what God is doing, I am positive that you will begin to experience a closeness to God that you have never felt before because, again, you are choosing to get behind something that God so desperately loves. You all, please don't confuse this. This is not an I have to. This isn't one of these things where it's like, oh, gosh, i got to go serve this week at church. Gosh, dang it. No, no, no. This is an I get to. Because think about it. How insane is it that the God of the universe, the, the, the creator of the heavens and the earth, has invited you, has invited me, 
has invited every single one of us to play a role in his redemptive plan for the world. As your pastor, to those of you that show up here, I don't want you missing out on this any longer. And so if you've been showing up here for a while, if you would call this place your church home, if you're sitting here, it's your first time, but you're like, I'm definitely coming back. I was hooked like with the thank you thing, like I'm back. I want to invite you into this. And it's as simple as just texting the word serve to 810-510-0298. In fact, I'm going to get a little weird right now. I want everybody to pull out their phones, like just really derailing my sermon here. Pull out your phones, everybody, come on now. So the person that actually does want to text doesn't feel weird about it. And if you're not currently serving on a team, will you right now just text the word serve to 810-510-0298. Somebody will follow up with you this week and tell you about what the next steps. Now, as a wrap up, come on. For all you Jesus followers that are sitting here, let's remember why we serve. It's because we understand what Jesus did on the cross for us. And in response to that, we choose to give our time. We choose to give our energy to what Jesus is doing in the world through the local church. We long to get behind that which Jesus is behind.